Welcome to the COSEC Show. Join the COSEC Qatari Securities team as they share their insights on the Australian share market, discussing some of their best performing companies, macroeconomic news from offshore, including local domestic news, foreign exchange, as well as commodities. If you have any questions regarding the share market, our phone lines are open. You can dial in on 1300 854 151 or alternatively, email info at cosec.com.au. Exclusively on this show, each guest will reveal their hottest stock pick. For more information on any of the topics discussed, go to cosec.com.au. The information featured in this program is general in nature and does not take into account your personal circumstances, needs or objectives. Guests appearing on the program may own or have commercial arrangements with some of the companies mentioned. Before making any investment insurance or financial planning decisions, you should consult a licensed professional who can advise whether your decision is appropriate for you. Good afternoon, investors. My name is Will Brownlee, and welcome to the COSEC Show, where we discuss all things relevant in the market this week. Macroeconomic data, currencies and commodities, top performers of the week that was, and of course, our hottest stock picks for the week to come. Before I go any further, please allow me to introduce my investment panel, resident experts in the market. To my left, the ever-slick Mr. Dennis Henevec. How are you, good sir? Good, mate. Yourself? Very good. And sitting in the hot seat in front of me, as always, Mr. By the Dip, Dan. How high can you go? How are you, Mr. Dan Howie? How are you, good sir? Very well, thank you, Will. How are you? I was very good until today mm. because the market dropped nearly 1% today and we were looking so good. Everything was going so well. Had a bit of a pullback. However, this does happen. And, of course, we are at a pretty key technical level in terms of where everything's been moving. Am I right? Yeah, I mean, it was. I agree. It was a very good week until today. Mm. I mean, if you look at a lot of the, the big miners really dragged us down today. It was um, you know, a lot to go on this week, a lot to unpack. But, um, you know, on a day where BHP is down... Five percent. It's um, you know pretty tough, tough times for the ASX. Yeah, we're on course for a perfect week, and uh, Friday was only down day. So, uh, less than ideal. However, but, uh, yeah. markets don't always just move in a positive direction as much as we would like them to. They sometimes have little pullbacks. Mm. But let's rewind a little bit because I'm going to talk about technicals later in the section. But let's go back to the CPI data. So that's the Consumer Price Index, and that came out uh, in Australia earlier this week. Am I right? Yes, correct. That was on, you don't even know what, what day it is at this point. I couldn't believe it was Friday today, but that was on Wednesday. Um, so headline inflation was above expectations in Australia mm-hmm. for the quarter. So we're looking at quarter, quarter on quarter figures. It was up 1.8%, um, which brings it to 7.3% annual um, annualised inflation, CPI. Um, again, that was really driven again by gas prices. We've seen a little bit of an uh, oil rally, which Dennis will talk about later and also building costs as well. So above expectations, our market actually held up exceptionally well off mm. the back of that. Um, but yeah, not the most ideal result, but it was the same increase quarter on quarter as the previous quarter as well. So it's Head not... And shoulders patterns sort of forming? You know, I'll actually bring up a chart. It's, it's easy to look at CPI when we talk about it, I guess, giving a visual to our viewers. If you look at this, this is the chart of CPI. So as you can see, the last two bars on that graph give you the quarter on quarter increase, and it's actually been the same for the last two months. So... Not, it's not in, um, increasing at a quicker rate, but it is still increasing this this quarter more than expectations. The expectation was 1.6% quarter on quarter, not 1.8, which would have brought an annualised figure of 7%. Uh, but again, not the most ideal result. So what, what does this actually mean? It means that the, the peak rate that a lot of institutions are forecasting has increased. ANZ is an institution that has increased their peak rate now to 3.85% in May of next year. So they think we're going to peak 
the cash rate at May next year. Um, but again, they're, they're still forecasting 25 basis points next month. So a lot of people thought because inflation's more than expected this month, uh, this quarter, sorry, uh, are we going to see 50 bips in December? I know it was 25 last month, and that's the forecast at the moment for December, but you never know. Um, it is always related to the data that is being unfolded in front of us. Don't fight mm. the Fed, as they say. But uh, I know there's a more announcement also from the ECB. Is that right? European Central Yeah, so Bank? the ECB was overnight. They were 75 basis points. Uh, the interesting thing here was it actually wasn't a unanimous decision. It was a split decision. So three policymakers only wanted to increase by 50 basis points, but they did go by 75 basis points in the ECB, which I think they needed to. They're quite behind with their interest rate increases at the moment. Um, and considering where they're at macroeconomically, they're probably someone that would need to catch up. I know it's always about um, the impact it can have and tipping the economy into recession, but I think everyone is at the point now where they understand for Europe, it's not, are they going into recession? It's when they're going into recession. I think they're going to cop it pretty bad. So I think if you look at where they're at economically, um, you know, 75 basis points at this point was fi probably fairly justified. So it's, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because you and I were actually in attendance to a, a conference in the city yesterday and they were talking a lot about the global macroeconomic space. And they said out of all the asset classes, <coughs> and they got every single asset class, well, most of the asset classes up, and at the bottom was the NASDAQ or the US, it was down nearly 30%. We were sort of towards the top because we're only down 10%. But there was one key asset class that was in green. It was the only one that was in green for 2022, and that was cash. That was it. That was it. Nothing else. And it kind of gives you a little bit of a perspective because... You know, people lose money sometimes. When the market mm. goes down, people lose money. And uh, the whole idea is we always endeavour to try and outperform, but the, everything's been going down. Everything's been going That's down. That's, I think, the big misconception, right, is is the word outperform, right? The the definition of outperform is, I guess, with regards to the way we look at researching equities is doing better than the benchmark index. Now, if the benchmark index is down, you know, 15 20%, some people are still going to lose 10 15%. Yeah. You know, it's, it's outperforming in the fact that you're always going to have those swings and flows. Everything moves in waves, whether you're looking at stocks or indexes, and especially when you look at the global economy at the moment. Um, you know the fact that people are are losing money. It's probably pretty justified. You look at all the major institutions over in the US. You know, not really doing too well. Dennis is going to talk to us later on about you know a pretty big fall in uh, a pretty big loss posted by Credit Suisse this week, and it was a monster. And I mean, when I say monster, eight times worse than expectations. So. You know, big institutions are, pretty, are suffering. You know, a lot of people around the world are suffering, so it's a pretty tough time. So, you know, to be holding up at the moment um, and, you know, as long as we are, you know, sitting at a pretty solid point <coughs> with regards to the way and equities I mean, the, the, inter the interesting thing is I was talking to some clients about this today. This isn't normal. This isn't normal for the market to, to go down. It normally <coughs> goes up. The market's mm. averaged about, you know, 11.5% over the past 94 years or about 13% over the past 120, roughly. So the markets normally go up. The last big pullback we had before COVID, obviously COVID-19 had that big pullback, 33% uh, in, in three weeks in March of 2020. However, before that, the last decent down year that we had was back in 2016. I looked at a really, really good chart early this week, and I can't give you the exact figures, but it was essentially the last five times the ASX 300 has fallen into bear market territory, which I think we briefly did mm -hmm. this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, very yes, briefly, I think so. so yeah. Each year that the ASX has touched bear market territory, I looked at this chart that had the return that year, which was obviously all red, down 20% mm -hmm. or so, and then what's it at one year later, three years later, five years later, and 10 years later of the last five times it's happened. Now, even from the one year later, every single year except one, 
So four years out of the five, it was in the green the next year. One year it was in the red. And then every other box on that chart was green. So three years later, every index in the green. Five years later, every index well in the green. Ten years later... So you're saying this could be a good time good to buy. Buying good option, good yeah. buying option, yeah. That's what I mean. Like, apart from... I think the only time was in 20... 2008, maybe. No, mm. no, that was a good recovery. 2020, maybe? I'm not too sure exactly the year. There was one year where the following year was slightly down. I think it was 2008, because 2008 had such a big pullback, but it was such a prolonged pullback. Well, slow recovery. Very slow recovery <coughs> back up, but it did come back again. Anyway. But my point was that the recovery, when you see this bear market territory in the ASX, is often, statistically speaking, quite positive. Very good. So, listen, I mean, that's that's kind of all doom and gloom, but let's talk about somebody who is doing very, very well, and we have a new Prime Minister of the UK. Is that right, uh, Mr. Sanovic? Yeah, that's correct. In fact, he's the third Prime Minister in the last three months in the UK. Obviously... A lot three of years, right? Three years. Oh, three months? Three months. Oh, we yeah, had, true. We had Boris and then we had Liz Truss. Three Trust months, not three years. Wow. Yeah, it's been three months. Three months. And we've yeah. had That's crazy. And it's the second monarch as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Second monarch and what third prime minister. So it's been, yeah, what a year for the UK. Absolutely crazy. A lot of stuff going on there. Obviously, a lot of economic volatility as well. Um, you know, elevated inflation and also, you know, British pound hasn't been doing too well in recent months either. So. Um, a lot of going, a lot of stuff going on there, and we have seen, as a result of that, a new leader. Obviously, Liz Truss resigned a few weeks ago. It's interesting um, when, like, the, the, all the volatility with people leading it. I mean, it can't, and I mean, to a certain extent, our, the, our own country as well. And I'll count mm. myself as an Australian. But the interesting thing is, if you're working for a company and you had three CEOs in three months, you'd be pretty nervous. Questions, you'd, right? be, you'd be like, "Am I really doing the right? Is this the right?" <laughs> company do, am i doing the right job but it's like over in the uk it's like oh yeah we'll just change the leader that's fine we'll yeah. just change the leader every so often there's a, a funny video i saw this week of the <laughs> contrast of liz trust in parliament being like i you know i am a fighter and this and that and then like so two days I later want the, I, it's, I like job, it's like job interview <laughs> i want the job i can do the job i'm a fighter i'm <laughs> persistent and then uh, two months later it's like yeah i resign <laughs> yeah it was interesting um didn't you say that she just left after she got the was the 44 days? Yeah, she 44 days. Wasn't it 44 days. So I think he, I don't know. I think it might be life or something like that? Six, six or seven weeks. So yeah, six. So probably counting the days and on the day. <laughs> six <laughs> weeks. Resigned. I think if you're if you're prime minister of the UK for six weeks, you're entitled. It's 110,000 pounds pension for life. Yeah, incredible. So six weeks is 42 days. Mm. <laughs> That's almost criminal. It's actually yeah. So this uh, also this Richie Sunak, the new uh, prime minister, is actually. A very wealthy man as well. I read a fact; he's actually twice as rich as King Charles. So, yeah, What's by far, the one point three billion US which uh, Australian. Is like, yeah, uh, I think it's like seven hundred and fifty billion pounds. So, yeah, million. Uh, so yeah, no, sorry, so million seven hundred fifty yeah, yeah. million pounds. Which is about one point three so billion. In Australia, he's a billionaire. Yeah, in yeah. Australia, he's a billionaire. Uh, and yeah. I think not and in I th- the US. And I he think used to be. And Prince Charles, I think, is worth three hundred fifty or something million pounds, which is pounds. about seven hundred yeah. million. Yeah, that's what they tell you. <laughs> <But Yes>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's on paper. Yeah. <laughs> Off paper, a few trillion. In the, in the yeah, market, you know. but uh, yeah, very wealthy. And Canada bloke. can't be worth that much. <laughs> and uh, actually, a couple of facts about him as well. Obviously, he joined uh, the Conservative Party in two thousand and ten, and before that, he actually worked in finance. He worked in Goldman Sachs uh, for quite a few years as an analyst. And he also did his MBA at Stanford University. So, um, you know. Pretty smart bloke. Yeah, very smart bloke in that sense. Um, Sack. So he came from the same pedigree as Solomon. <laughs> as Solomon, yeah. Is he good on the deck? <laughs> maybe, you never know. <laughs> DJ career. I guess on time the side. will tell, right? But yeah, uh, yeah maybe he'll be in uh, Ibiza 
you know, yeah, with Solomon. Yeah, exactly. tapes, yeah, that's a very odd, it's <laughs> a very odd um, contrast for David Solomon, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be interesting when he goes and gets his 114k pinch. I wonder if he's going to de- de- denounce it because a lot of them do, don't they? A lot of those mm. wealthy, wealthy people that go prime minister, they consider it to be an honor, and therefore they, they actually renounce. Well, Donald Trump, when he was uh, president, he donated all of his presidential salary. Not that he to needs it. That's yeah. why yeah. he donated it. Exactly. All I don't know this for a fact, but I understand potentially. I think John Key, who was a New Zealand Prime Minister, I think he also donated it. Or I don't know. Look, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't keep up to date with New Zealand Prime Ministers. <laughs> <as well. laughs> Funnily enough, neither do I. Neither do I. Very, very good. Well, listen, guys, that's pretty much it for that section. Very, very well done. A great analysis as always. We're going to go back to yourselves in the studio. We're going to take a short break. If you have any questions for our panel, please feel free to take a video and email it through to info at cosec.com.au. Alternatively, dial 1300 854 151. Everyone who does receive a copy of our book, Stock Market Success, Retailing and Dimmicks for $39.95. In the meantime, we're going to take that quick break and we'll be back shortly with your currency and commodity overview. How do you get the highest returns in the stock market on a consistent basis? Obsessed with this idea, Michael Kadari forms COSEC, Kadari Securities. He seeks, in his own words, a revolutionary investment strategy based on better information and knowledge. Wealth begins with better knowledge, becomes his motto. He seeks to identify and accurately pick the next top performing stocks on the ASX. He seeks for consistency. Michael Kadari creates a unique stock market filtering system he names Lotus Bloom, named after a flower that blooms just once. Because in investing, timing is everything. See how accurate Cosec stock picks are. Get a free seven-day access to Lotus Blue today. If you want the Cosec investment edge, you know what you have to do. Call Cosec now or visit cosec.com.au and take advantage of the insights he reserves for his clients. Welcome back. Let's talk currencies and commodities now. All things that shine, sparkle, fold and make the world go round. We've just come back from a quick break. Let's now talk about something that is breaking out of its trend or looking to do so, and that is the price of gold. See what I've done there, guys? I've sort of just woven that. That was a very good segue, that one. Oh, you like that? Okay, very good. So let's talk about the (coughs) price of gold, how it's all going, uh, because it is looking like it might be ready for a little jump towards the north, maybe, maybe not. Let's see. Yeah, quite a positive week for gold. It was up 2%, uh, just over 2% for the week, um, which is quite positive. If we look at the technical supporting gold, I might actually pull up a chart real quick to start. Um, If you look at this on a... You've got a candlestick chart there. You can see essentially over the last couple of weeks, uh, the end of last week, it formed a double bottom, and you can see a significant green candlestick after that. So a very positive rebound from Friday to Friday, uh, up over 2% for the week. And you can see there, um, if we draw a downtrending line, it is edging closer to that. Um, and the, I guess the reason for that this week is a lot of softness with the US dollar. Mm. Um, we did see uh, the US dollar retrace quite substantially, uh, starting from the end of last week. It failed to take a new high a couple of occasions, we got the first indications from the Fed the end of last week that they may be slowing down their interest rate increases um, and maybe pivoting a little bit earlier. That's why we got a very solid rally through markets on Monday. But again, maybe trying to start dipping the toe in, as they say. Exactly right. So a fair bit of positivity um, for equities markets, and it was, I guess, quite detrimental to the US dollar. But again, did support the price of gold quite nicely. So, but again, if we look across the world, 
at the moment, although there was those couple of dovish comments from the Fed, there is still a lot of hawkish tones, especially looking at the ECB today mm. um, and things like that. And apart from that, yields are still quite high. So it, there is still a few headwinds for gold at the moment, um, which it is really struggling to push through. And I guess for even for equities, equities have done very well to hold up and perform quite well, even when bond yields are still so high. But um, still a few headwinds for gold, but it is looking quite positive. And across the board, um, more movements than we've seen in a positive direction in recent months. Very good. And uh, listen, let's go over and have a look at the price <coughs> of oil because I know that should have been sort of, I suppose, moving in a, in a positive direction. There hasn't been that much macro data that's come out surrounding oil. I, was expect- I thought you were like sort of like waiting there. for, yeah. I was waiting for the joke. I could see you just trying to delay what you uh, <laughs> mentioned to just like slip some terrible joke in there. Oh, I was just, I was just merely, merely just uh, mentioning the price of oil. <laughs> I was trying to think of a joke here. Yeah, you were right. <laughs> but, uh, listen, uh, yeah, but how is oil going? Maybe talk to us about the technical charts. Of yeah, of course. Uh, a very positive week for oil. In fact, it was up over 3.5%, uh, sitting at around 87.5 for crude and 94 for Brent. But we have seen very positive movements. And I'd really like to highlight the technicals. Um, you know, in terms of its trend, we've definitely broken that. As you can see, it was quite heavily downward trending. But over the last couple of weeks, we did have that breakout uh, where it tested the moving averages once. It's now retraced and has formed a higher low, as you can see there, uh, over the last week. Textbook buy. Exactly right. That's that's one for the textbook, absolutely. Uh, it did consolidate. We did say it was flat last week, but now it's broken above that consolidation with a uh, very significant green candlestick and it's coming up to test those moving averages as well. So it's looking very good on a technical basis and I think there are a lot of tailwinds for oil across the board at the moment, especially with you know the um, OPEC cutting their production. It's really pushed the price of oil and I think obviously technically seeing that turnaround that we could see further upside for oil. So before we take a, a quick break, let's talk about another breakout that seems to be happening at the moment, and that is the crypto game. Because I've been <coughs> keeping my eye on both Bitcoin and Ethereum, mm. BTC and ETH, and noticing that we've, they're up about 10% over the last week or the past... Uh, yeah, Ethereum about 15. It's been finally seen a breakout. Yeah, I know. If you, look at, if you look at the charts of these, they're trading in a channel for so long. Actually uh, quick, a quick, breakout or a fake out? Bring up a yeah. T- yeah, maybe. But let's bring yeah, up a no, chart real too quick. Too early to say. This is looking at Bitcoin. If you can see there, almost trading, like if you go from two months ago to now nearly dead flat, like in mm. a channel, even if you look back four months, there's a, what you just said there, a bit of a fake out for Bitcoin, and it's come back down into that channel and almost traded sideways. A little bit of volatility as always with crypto, but almost traded flat for two months, which is unheard of across the board there. So even through periods where equities were dropping, so holding up exceptionally well, but in the last... Two, two or three trading sessions, it really has broken out of that channel, hit the top Donchian channel. Um, something that could be a bit of a bull trap, you never know, but um, you know, that's all part of the fun. Yeah, right? it's really shown its reluctance to fall any lower. It's obviously formed a very solid base. And I think if you have a look at the chart right there, you can. these are sort of the breakouts that you really want to look for. Um, now, whether it will keep and you know use well, that previous highest that's support or will it fall back down in the channel, no one knows, but uh, we've also seen a quite a positive cross of the moving averages. So I guess across the board, a lot of positivity for both Bitcoin and Ethereum. But now the question is, will it hold up and now use support the previous highest support or will it fall back down into that channel again? Yeah, and I think it's interesting because uh, I've still got big nightmares of seeing what happened in 2017, I believe, where it tried it traded sideways into for a, a narrow wedge mm-hmm. for ages, and I mean ages, and then just dropped down to 4K. Huge big yeah, plummet. That's what I mean. All it takes is... You know, and to be fair, at the moment, and then three months in, later, inflation isn't really yeah. falling at the moment. Like to be fair, like economic data that's coming out, apart from US GDP, which was overnight, which was actually above expectations. There's not a lot of 
really overly positive economic data at the moment. Not a lot of data to, to suggest that interest rate hikes are actually taking effect. All it will take is a few inflation readings to blow out in the UK or in the US, especially if the US or even here, um, and you know that hawkish t- tone to come back to central banks for not just equities but crypto as well to really take another leg lower, which I yeah. think a lot and of I people mean, are anticipating. And remember when it hit that forty, when it hit four K <coughs> in twenty twenty, you know within the year it was up around twenty K. You know it had gone really really moved fast. So it'd be interesting to see what happens with with that one there. But uh, thank you very much, gentlemen. That's always a great analysis on price of gold, the price of oil, and what's happening in the cryptocurrency world. So that's commodities and currencies and the events that have shaped them. Now, are you a bull or a bear? Let us know. one 800 Our phone lines are now open. But for now, we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we'll have a look at the best and the worst performers in Australia were for the week. move on to our next section now and take a look what the best and worst performers for the week were. Were there tears shed this week? Who lost money? And who has Christmas come early for? And we're going to go straight over to Mr. By the Dip. Dan, how high can it go, Howie? <coughs> Mr. Dan, Howie. Let us know what our chart <laughs> is looking at for the week. Let's have a look at the chart first and foremost before we actually mix it up a little bit this week. But we'll go straight over to it. You can see a fair bit of positivity, which was really wrecked today by Materials. You can see Materials had actually a quite positive week until today. And it was ripped from well in the green to down about 1% for the week. BHP definitely dragged a lot of players down today, down, as I said, about 5%. Other losers for the week were those consumer spaces, staples and discretionary. But you can see real estate and utilities really outperforming after a couple of softer weeks. But across the board, some positive gains to be had. Industrials, energy doing very well again. And healthcare as well, up over 1%. So... Nearly a mixed bag, but um, a lot of a lot of interesting stuff going. We've got one that's gone up a lot. We've got one that's come down not too much. Some up, some down. Almost everything's in there except for the kitchen sink. Speaking of kitchen sinks, did you that, see what? That was uh, another good segue. That was a good one. Yeah. What did you think about Elon Musk? Came into Twitter office carrying a let that sink. sink. He's. I tell you what, he definitely knows how to. What was the the joke? Is that he went? He bought Twitter, so Twitter no longer trades. Is that right? Correct. No longer trade. So he owns all of Twitter now. It is no longer a listed company. It is now, and he's gone in there and he has fired the CEO, the CFO. He's planning to fire seventy-five percent of people. The legal staff, everything. Okay, and he walks in there with a sink, saying, "Let that sink in." <laughs> that, 
That's pretty funny. What a character. <laughs> He's definitely interesting. I thought, but I thought he was tossing it. I thought the other one was he saying they're tossing out everything except the kitchen sink or he's draining it. He's going to drain the company. I don't know. I think the joke is like it's such a big deal. He's just bought Twitter. Yeah. Let that actually sink in. Yeah. So let like, you know, you say like this just happened. Let, let that sink in. So he's so just carried a sink into Twitter headquarters. Anyway. Let's have a look at what's happened this week. But <laughs> it's all very mi- interesting, but let's move on. Let's like mix it up and look at the US. I know we, we don't often touch on business performance in the US, but this week, especially with season, yeah, yeah. You know, getting quarterly updates, and my goodness, there is some shocking results this week over in the US. But it's creating a lot of volatility. Like We're seeing a lot of... Not often you get mixed results in US markets. Often major indices you'll get... All good or all, all bad. All good or all bad, yeah. And overnight we had the Dow Jones up, about half a percent because US GDP was above expectations and the NASDAQ down one and a half percent. And the reasoning behind that was... Facebook? Meta. Yes. Meta down 25%. Now, that stock was already down Heaps, yeah. 70 or 70 odd percent year-to-date and then 25% overnight on an earnings miss. Um, but if you look at the figures behind Meta this year, they are ridiculous. Like, their market value has fallen by 676 billion US dollars this year. So they went from being one a trillion, based almost a trillion dollar company, and now they've just shredded themselves. Like right, the, well, just because people are like, "Nah, Facebook's dumb." You know? Well, Mark Zuckerberg I think they've missed is, earnings on several missed occasions. Earnings. Now. He's it's been two or three. A lot times of people aren't happy with the way he's putting so much time and money and capex into just the metaverse. He's basically put all his focus now just to the metaverse. Like, um, I guess a lot of people are not really happy with the way things are going at Meta at the moment. So it's now not even in the top twenty largest companies in the world wow, out of that now that um, it was the sixth biggest u.s company by market cap um, and it was as i said flirting with a trillion dollars and now it's down yeah to about uh 400 odd million wow that's huge incredible less than so their revenue dropped four percent in the quarter we just saw that was the second consecutive quarter that their revenues have declined um, and again their share price really highlights that so a very very tough year for meta who's obviously the parent company of facebook is it a good buying opportunity? If you look at a lot of those FANG stocks, so your Facebook, uh, your Netflix, your things like that, Tesla, uh, a lot of them are down a lot year to date, but who really survives? If you look, especially look at Netflix specifically, Netflix is down as well, as well like 70%. 70% year to date. But think about the amount of competition now that's flowed into that sector. Just because they're a leader when they came in early, does that mean they're going to recover? So it's interesting to look at. I think there is some good buying opportunities in there, but again, you've really got a zero win. I still subscribe to Netflix. Out of I, all the things, I still got I Netflix. do too, yeah, but you know what? Well, it's a sucker's game. Yeah, absolutely. And I just, I just so is it you that pays for it or you're just one of the leeches that you no, know, I pay someone for else's I, I have, le- I have <laughs> leeches. I'm one of those people that leeches off me. Everyone leeches off me. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm, yeah, it's I'm, like you and then there's six other people. Yeah, it's like six other people that yeah. And whenever I try and log on to try and watch something, and they're like, oh, too many users on it. I'm like, oh, okay then. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. No worries. But I'm, because so, I own it, I've literally got users. It's Dan, leech one, leech two, <laughs> leech three. <laughs> that is very funny. Let's go over to something that wasn't so funny. If you worked for Credit Suisse or you're a shareholder of Credit Suisse throughout this week, you are not going to be, be too, too happy. happy. You will not be too happy at Correct. all. Uh, let's talk us to talk us through what's happened over there. Yeah, so as Dan touched on very briefly in the first section, uh, they had their quarterly earnings. US um, company, or obviously about, a US company. How about this? Before yeah. Dennis gives you the figures, everyone. No one will this, believe it. This is quarterly. Yeah. Quarterly. So they lost us in a quarter. So yeah. pro- profit and loss for the quarter. Look, Listen to this. Yeah, this so as uh, Dan mentioned, it was eight times above uh, below expectations. 
So their quarterly loss was four billion US dollars, and that's so in they one were quarter. expecting to lose five hundred million, and they lost and four they lost billion. Four billion in one quarter alone. Why? It's ridiculous. I mean, I know the market's down. But yeah, but that's huge. Obviously, they've had a few scandals here and there in recent years. And, you know, a lot of volatility in markets. And, yeah, look, uh, just huge they've been, losses. They've been struggling the a, 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 for quite some they time. They have now. been. They've been in the papers quite yeah, a bit. If you, if you look at their five-year stock it, price. It, mm. you know. But as well, they had a big restructure as well. Like it's just they, they have to go through a massive restructure, obviously, with those losses. They also announced that they're firing 9,000 staff. So, yeah. Ah, right. yeah. They had 52,000 and now they're cutting down to 43,000. That's what I mean, right? Like it's, it's, Get your sink ready. It is interesting to put things in perspective. And like Will said, that investment conference went to yesterday where you're looking at all indexes, all, you know, yeah. all different asset classes. Cash is the only thing that has provided a half a percent return this year in the green. Everything else like... In bonds, look look like at that. Bonds. One of the biggest institutions in the world, a $4 billion quarterly loss, like... You How know, does that even work? You, you don't expect a lot of people in that in that area. To, to be, be fair, they were the only ones saying that Pilbara Minerals would go down. Yeah, and boy, it went up. <laughs> <laughs> so they've been making some pretty bad decisions, and obviously that's reflected on there. But it, it, to be fair, like that's that is a very well blown out figure, and it is something that is a very big outlier, and it's mm. obviously going to cause a very tough period. Well, you probably don't know this off the top of our heads, but what's the market cap for oh, Credit Suisse? I'm not too sure. Yeah, but if you look at the other institutions, like. Look over their trading desks, like JP Morgan trading revenue down fifty percent. Morgan Stanley trading revenue down nearly seventy percent. Like these institutions are not having an easy time of it, and they're the mm. biggest, well, all the most funds, well known institutions. All their, all, in the their, all their funds. So if you're a financial advisor or a financial planner, if we are to conclude that, and we don't want to go too negative here, but in all reality, if you're if you've got a portfolio of anything, if you've got bonds, if you've got any anything, bonds, commodities, securities, Bitcoin, anything, everything's been going down at the moment. So mm widespread there'd be quite a bit of uh movement towards and it's not even yeah like that's big institutions you look here um you know institutions similar to us seem to be going through similar times but look at magellan even magellan financial crazy probably probably the most well-known fund in australia cheapest it's been since 2017 2013 and we looked at that 2013 so their biggest holding in 2013 was microsoft and microsoft and their bike and their, their biggest holding now is microsoft but if you look at if you look at their fund, like yep. that, that's what makes no sense. Their funds under management have gone from 2013 about 16 billion, and now at 50 something billion, which is a lot more. But they've come down from 120. 120. So they've shaved nearly 70 billion off their fund. They've basically halved their fund in less than a year. That's starting from January last year, so it hasn't even been a year. Mm. They've lost so many institutional investors. But through periods like this, it just seems to be people like. It's, a, it's almost like a big reshuffle. It's like everyone's with these institutions. Oh, I'm losing some money. We'll all switch. I've got the excuse. Everyone yeah. wants to stick around when they're making money, good money. Exactly. Everyone's a genius in a bull market, as they say. Mm. All, all very, very interesting. I mean, it's huge loss, huge anger. Yeah, anything, huge loss. In terms of locally, has anything sort of come out locally this, uh, I suppose, this this um, this week? Anything? I don't, there's always, obviously, always news. There's nothing this week that's really stood out to me. There's, we're going through a similar period here, quarterly updates, but nothing's really stood out. I know today um, ResMed had their quarterly update. Their revenues and profits were up 5% for the quarter, so quite positive. They also went ex-dividend, so they did fall a little bit today. But nothing that's really stood out as overly outstanding. To me, the theme we've seen through quarterly updates here in Australia is that a lot of gold miners seem to be doing quite well. Very well. Mm. Their, their production the gold up- seems to be that space right now. Their yeah. production updates, their... 
their guidance, their guidance, their re- well, their yeah. reconfirming guidance for not just earnings but also production figures as well. Buybacks as well. I think it was Northern Star, right? Yeah, Northern, Northern Star. Whitehaven Coal's just up their buyback. I think they Whitehaven Coal also. Whitehaven Coal now their buyback has been updated, and it was confirmed. They had to obviously put it to shareholders at their AGM on the twenty sixth, so two days ago. Their buyback now, once they're completed, they'll own twenty five percent of the company mm. themselves. That's crazy. That's massive, yeah. Buying it at an all-time high as well. Buying it. Are they smart investing? To be fair, they they started the buyback at under five bucks, so they'd probably be sitting on a pretty solid net position now, but when's the top? Hard to tell. Hard to tell. (laughs) Thanks thanks very much, guys. Uh, That's a brilliant analysis as always. And that's the best and the worst for the week and the events that have shaped them. Now we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to go to your final section of the show. How do you get the highest returns in the stock market on a consistent basis? Obsessed with this idea, Michael Kadari forms COSEC, Kadari Securities. He seeks, in his own words, a revolutionary investment strategy based on better information and knowledge. Wealth begins with better knowledge, becomes his motto. He seeks to identify and accurately pick the next top performing stocks on the ASX. He seeks for consistency. Michael Kadari creates a unique stock market filtering system he names Lotus Bloom, named after a flower that blooms just once. Because in investing, timing is everything. See how accurate COSEC stock picks are. Get a free seven-day access to Lotus Blue today. If you want the COSEC investment edge, you know what you have to do. Call COSEC now or visit cosec.com.au and take advantage of the insights he reserves for his clients. Welcome back. Now, do you have a stock that you think is looking good? Do you think you could have found the next big thing? Why not take a video and email it through to us at info at cosec.com.au. Alternatively, send us a text to 0422 972 Tell us what the stock is. Tell us why you like it. And we're going to track it over the week. For the person that tags the best performing stock, will receive their very own gold-plated Kadari bull and bear cufflinks. To get things started, let's take a look at what our investment panel is looking at for the week to come. This is this week's Hot opportunity. So this is what investors are really looking for. We know what gold, oil and the dollar has done. We know the top performers for the week were. Now let's find out what our investment panel is looking at for the week to come. We're going to start off with the ever slick Mr. Dennis Sahinovic. Tell us what you're looking at this week and why you like it so much for the week to come. Yeah, so So, just before Dennis gets started... (laughs) I love this opportunity. Why yeah. do you love it, mate? Just top quality product. Top quality product? Okay, well, the hot opportunity that Dan supposedly loves and thinks is, has a top quality product is Domino's Pizza. Their tick code is DMP. I'm sure everyone that's watching knows exactly who they are and what, they've, what they do. Um, the reason why I like the business, obviously in the consumer discretionary space, if we look at the sector as a whole, um, a lot of the charts are looking very similar in the sense that they have been quite heavily beaten down, obviously with elevated inflation and you know economic downturn across the board. We have seen a lot of downwards pressure for a lot of these businesses, but we could be picking up quite a few of them in areas of value at the moment. Now, the reason why I like them, firstly, their fundamentals are outstanding. Their sales, their revenues as well, are two metrics that have seen huge growth over the last five years. 
Uh, so they are very fundamentally sound in that sense. Now, if I look at the broker calls as well, uh, there are seven broker calls all for, for the business and all of them see target prices above where they're currently trading at. So today we saw a broker call from Morgan's. Uh, they have an ad recommendation with a target price of $88 and that's over 50% upside. So that across the board- healthy. Yeah, very healthy, unlike their pizzas, but um, yeah, very healthy upside there for the business across the board. Now, I'd like to pull up a chart very quickly of Domino's Pizza. If we have a look at them on a technical basis, they are looking very, very attractive. Uh, they have been quite heavily beaten down for some time now. However, they are going through a big trend reversal at the moment. So we have seen sharp breakout in their price consolidation for uh, you know the last week or so. But it's now broken above that consolidation with a very bullish candlestick today. Uh, so we are seeing the buyers start to take control of the share price and we could see further upside for the business. And we also could be picking up the business, you know, in quite a large area of value at the moment. So really like Domino's Pizza today. And I think they could do quite well, you know, over the short, medium and long term as well. Well-rounded analysis you've got there for a well-rounded company. Yeah. Pizza's around. Pizza's around. Pizza's around. Oh. Yeah, and most of the time. Most pizzas <laughs> around. You're not going to see I do get that, and there is a pizza shop just down the road that does square pizza, but, but yeah, most right. pizzas are, are well-rounded. Got Someone, some quality. They actually, didn't they start doing, like, hamburger pizzas? Oh, yeah. oh they did. I've seen the ad for it recently, yeah. yeah I haven't they're, tried they're, they're, they're multi-multi. <laughs> they're huge companies. Mate, what's your favourite pizza? Tell us, Dan. You, said it's, a, what, you said it's a good product. What's your favourite pizza? Peri, peri. Sorry, we're just going to go for a quick break. <laughs> where, where, wherever <laughs> we go... It doesn't matter the establishment. Peri Peri chicken is just the peri peri greatest chicken. pizza. Oh, it's good. They always have like really good sauce on it. And I like peri how you can choose the crust as well. Domino, yeah. See, Domino's actually, not even joking, has a very good product range. They cater yeah. to a lot of different people and like and of different socioeconomic status as well. So mm. I think I actually really love the business. But without without, <laughs> without joking, <laughs> without joking, really like the business from an investor health, health nut hair. Remember, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so not not that. Uh, Oh, oh it's Friday, you know, you can yeah, enjoy yeah, yourself every now and then. Once so. a week, yeah. So <laughs> I, I leave one day where I'm like, you know what, I'll, yeah. I'll have something. It can be a bit cheeky. A bit cheeky for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> it's not often dominoes, but maybe tonight it will be. We'll <laughs> Absolutely. Well, if it goes up, it will be. Listen, we'll go over to yourself, Mr. By the Dip, Dan How How can you go, Howie, Mr. Dan Howie? Because last week you picked a very, very unique opportunity. Mm -hmm. I think that was Northern Star. Was that you who picked last week? I did. I picked Northern Star. Dennis actually picked Pilbara, so it was a good week for both of yeah, us. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, listen, why don't we touch on that? Because I know we've sent Northern Star out as a hot opportunity on Friday mm. to all of our clients, anyone that subscribes to us, and it is up how much for the week? 12.3%. And that was from that was Thursday night, so we did these metrics on Thursday, so 12.3%. Oh, so that's about to close today. 12.3%, so, that's the market's done 1.5%, so we've outperformed the market 11%. It's quite, yeah, so the, it's incredible it, that's stuff. Just on that was essentially yeah, on flat that today. Yeah. So... And what about Pilbara? Because I know Pilbara's had a big pullback, mm. but we took profit on we Wednesday. Virtually at the top. Yeah, at mm. the top. And, um, and, and the was, next and day, it, it literally too. had 50% downgrades from Pil Pilbara. Pilbara too was probably more than normal stuff. Pilbara we were exiting out at about 15, uh, on average about 15% profit. Yeah. yeah, and that's and that for a short space of time, that's Incredible. phenomenal. Mm. Absolutely phenomenal. So but if you, if you look at their chart as well, the day we exited was when it hit its previous high Sold back down instantly, formed a shooting star candlestick, and now it's come down. It's come down more than 
13% in the following three trade, two trading days since we sold it. So we're going to let people know exactly when the right time to mm. buy is. But listen. And sell. For, yeah, exactly. For our viewers, go back, have a look at it, because there has been some phenomenal picks that we have picked over the years. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Paladin Energy, we've picked a whole lot of lithium players that have done really well. Galaxy Resources, Oracobra, before it became um, Alchem Limited. All of these amazing businesses have really done. I believe we mentioned the opportunity that you're going to mention shortly. Okay, on the uh, ages ago, almost a year ago, but um, yeah, we're this is this is a great section of the show. If you've got some good ideas, you want to hear some stuff. This is a, a brilliant, brilliant opportunity to pick up some good picks. Let's go over to yourself, Mister Buy the Dip Dan. How high can it go, Howie? Finish the show off in style. Let us know what stock you're looking at. Is it a defensive company? Is it quite protective of people's portfolios? Would it be well used to defend you from different types of volatility in the market? What is it, and what does it do? Oh, that, uh, you know what? I can't. I can't not give it to you. It's a good joke. Their business is Ant Cell Limited. Their ticket code is A Double N. Many people have actually heard of this company. I, I didn't realize how many people actually knew about the company. It's, it's a very. It's an. It's a quite very, a large, very long time quite now. a large household name in the healthcare sector, and they are involved with developing, manufacturing, sourcing, and distributing personal protective equipment and mainly gloves for both medical and industrial applications. So, disposable gloves. They also do. Basically anything you'd see in a hospital operating room. So all the gowns, they do masks, they do... Um, and before anyone asks, they've actually sold their condom business because they did it originally... Uh, clients love do, that. Yeah. We're looking at Antel today. It's like, oh, oh they still condoms. condoms. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just not as exciting anymore, is it? Well but, done. Uh, but, um, what brand were they selling under? Anyone I know? wouldn't have a clue. Ansel, the brand Ansel. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. A bit before my time, unfortunately. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so... A little bit diversified, they're looking at both sectors. I think if we talk about um, you know, the pandemic, they were able to tap into that mask um, sector pretty well, do very well through COVID. And then coming out of COVID as well with elective surgeries coming back, um, I think the economic recovery there has been very positive. And you look at the healthcare sector now, hospitals, they are basically... It's interesting because I was looking at the chart. <coughs> it's lower now than what it was pre-COVID. Correct. And more people wear masks now. More people are more you know, worried about their, their you know, protection. Yeah. Like with all that stuff. Such a normal thing now. I, yeah. I remember the first time when COVID hit, I saw someone in a mask. I was like, what's going on? Like, so weird, yeah, but now it's so normal. Yeah. 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 Anyway. It's, it's crazy. I, I remember seeing, uh, I used to see people walking up and down my street before 2019, 2018, 2017. One person would wear a mask and you just look at them like they were yeah. completely lost. See, like, it, 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 went from, it went from very quickly being the people that were wearing masks. You're like, wow, you're a little bit of a crazy person, aren't you? Like a little bit. That's no, the other way around. And yeah, and, that, and then it went to the point where it was like, you're not wearing a mask, you are crazy. <laughs> and now it's sort of, it's almost back to the yeah, point now, now yeah. it's the other way you're right. again. But, but anyway, continue on because we've only got a couple more minutes. So, right, please so let's do. look at Antel. Antel, I believe, is a great business. I think at the moment, we talk about periods of economic downturn. Traditionally, the two best performing sectors through a recession are consumer staples and healthcare because the demand is always there. You always need to go to the supermarket. You always need your health. Over the last 13 recessions that we've seen worldwide, Especially, we'll look, let's look at the US. Last 13 recessions, healthcare as a sector has outperformed the S&P 500 in 11 of them. Um, so very positive sector, especially people are worried about the economy right now. People are worried about investing. Mm. I believe this is quite a safe investment with regards to the macroeconomic landscape. Financial is very positive over the last five years. You said it's been around forever. They've still been able to make some very positive inroads. Their sales have doubled and their EPS and revenue are up 50%. Quite positive valuations by a couple of institutions. City and Orbmanet have a buy. Macquarie have an outperform with 17, 17 and 6% upside respectively. 
But the technicals, as I love this t technical chart. I think this almost looks like a textbook buy. You can see the level that it's just broken through recently was a very strong level of resistance. It hit it four times in the last six months and failed to break above it. Now, yesterday, it finally broke that resistance. You can see they experienced a very strong breakout after making consecutive higher highs and higher lows, and they made that new high during yesterday's session. The price action broke through the 200-day exponential moving average. It's now sitting above both long-term averages and has pushed the top Donchian channel higher. It did retrace during today's session. It was a red candle this morning, but when we had the close this afternoon, it was already a bullish hammer. So buyers already pushing it back up. The MACD is positive. The Williams alligator is starting to diverge. So it looks like we've got a positive trend that is strengthening. Um, so all indicators at the moment when we analyse the technicals for this business do see potential upside from current levels, especially considering it is so low at the moment. So if you're looking to protect yourself from downside risk, then the stock and sell could be well for you. And that is, of course... General advice doesn't take into account personal <laughs> circumstances. Thank you all very, very much, gentlemen. Great analysis as always. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in this week. On behalf of everyone here at the show, we want to wish our clients, friends and colleagues a safe and happy weekend, and we look forward to seeing you next week. My name has been Will Brownlee, and this has been The Cosec Show. <laughs>